0: Hello and welcome. This is Puneet Surana and you are listening to the Galata podcast. Galata is a word from the Indian language Kannada that means the noise caused by a ruckus. This podcast is about starting up while we are still in college, testing ideas, creating a team, building something worthwhile and adding value to other people's lives. Join us as we discuss the thrill of earning your first buck tackling uncertainties, overcoming obstacles, and delighting others. Most of all, the Galata podcast is about seeing, understanding, and implementing so you can deliver on your audacious promise. Today we are joined by somebody who is a graduate from IMT Ghaziabad, one of the very few who has received a 100% scholarship for Harvard Business School's leadership program he has worked with companies like sapient deloitte salesforce and many more in parallel has worked to build startups since his college days one such that we'll be focusing on in this episode is dare to compete what started as a college blog to list the events that are happening across colleges today has transformed into a platform that over a million students use with over 10,000 college events listed. They also conceptualize, market, and execute digital on-ground employer branding, campus engagements for business schools and colleges across the country. Boys and girls, the Galata Gang, join me in welcoming the founder and CEO of DareToCompete.com, Ankit Agarwal.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Paneet, for getting me on this podcast. What were the conversations around the dinner table when you were growing up? I have uh, grown in family of bankers. So, mom, dad are bankers. Their siblings are bankers. None of my cousins, not even uh, my close family, none of them are in business. So the conversations generally were, "Become engineer, do MBA," or uh, so. I was lucky enough that the conversations are not get a government job. But <laughs> all my family were from that background. But the best thing that happened was that they were open for us to try out new things. So, mm. they never said, no, uh, don't get into this, don't get into that. The best thing uh, I would say is that I've never been forced to get into IIT. Though I was <laughs> uh, I was given a direction Trying. that become an engineer, but I've mm. never been uh, told to get into an IIT, not even tuitions, fitzy and everything. I think they they understood me and I understood them. So... During my engineering, I was given a scholarship to go to Australia. The tuition fee was off, but then again, the stay, the travel needs to be taken care of and this is about a decade, more than a decade back, right? They're spending about one and a half to two lakhs from a banker's family, and I was pushy. I mean, I was pushing them. They said no, but eventually they agreed, and I went there. Retro- Retrospectively, I think that that gave me some exposure, but I don't think it gave me anything which I value right now, very frankly. I mean, it was probably a, i think that's a with the whole engineering <laughs> yeah so but, but then they said no once twice but overall they agreed to that that okay i mean if you want to go try it out i mean be our guest we we'll are happy to invest as such so uh, that that's one the second was during my mba they did allow me to opt out opt out of mm-hmm. my summers so basically the point was that uh, because i was opting out of summers i still had a uh, chance for the placement so my dad uh, told me that uh, because it's some um, i think it's it's okay for you to try out different things till the time you are very very convinced that the idea that you're working on is earning and is uh, moving forward you don't opt out of the final placements so it's like a, a mixed bag so it's a risk but a calculated risk in terms of opting out of 50 percent of the placements, but so Still being a banker. Yeah, who <laughs> so was there to complete your first project after the doing the MBA or was? Did you uh, the first core project that I worked, which I thought that it's my entrepreneurial venture, though it didn't stick around for more than um, I think six weeks or so. But back then, there's nothing called as entrepreneurship. Like I mean, see, it, it's it's a, a, it's a, it's an idea, so it's it's not entrepreneurship. It's an idea, so. Why I wanted to do an MBA at that point in time was not to get a better job. I was happy what I was getting at Sapient after engineering. I was happy working as an engineer. The only point was that I wanted to do something of my own. So that's why during that process itself, even before getting into an MBA... I tried out the movie ticketing system like mm-hmm. a Book My Show. So, that was, I would say, the first short stint, maybe. But that also made me realize that either you are solo, you go alone, you can't trust anybody else because we were three guys who were working on the idea. And three partners, They uh, bo- both of them were uh, very, very technically solid. To work on something like a Book My Show, we would have required a uh, good amount of technical knowledge. At that point in time, I mean, again, a decade ago. So but then at that point in time the book my show launched and they got demotivated and they didn't want to work on it and then at that point in time i think i didn't have the courage to take that forward uh, by myself so that was very very short stint but this is part time while you're working at cpn yeah, yeah 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 and you're working it it, it, was, it was it was part time it was basically just to see whether we can do something or not and then the eventual, i don't know what would have happened but Uh, Everything begins, I would say, everything begins part-time. The thought process begins part-time. I have not had a person who was sitting at home and only thinking about ideas for his next venture. That generally happens when you have a successful venture. you, venture. you, You sort of sell it out and now... You can't do a job, then you basically think through one new venture that you want to get into. Whom ever I've met, right, either during their studies, they've got those ideas or during their earlier employment as employees, they've got an idea and then they would have quit once they got, let's say, a business plan in place.
0: I think that's a key takeaway for all learners here who want to push starting up way beyond college or after they hit their 30s they get that sum of money ready it's very critical that you do not delay it because when you delay an idea it loses the fire it loses the ambition and the passion that you need so start it part-time if you can after college which we'll be talking about or after uh, your working hours what happened after book my show how did you move from creating a model similar to book my show to creating
1: get admissions get admissions was basically a sort of a... we realized it's a it's a problem of nursery admissions as such mm-hmm. uh, there was huge hue and cry on the media about the nursery admissions the parents have to go to 30 40 uh, schools it's still unsolved very frankly but there's a movie on this if i'm right again yeah, there, there is a the movie game. i i don't remember the movie but when i was filling uh, form for my kid. I know that I personally didn't go but <laughs> my wife went to 30 schools and filled those
0: forms 30 schools? Up. 30 schools,
1: yes. These are these are free nursery schools? These are yeah, yeah, I mean these K-12? are nurs- nursery schools. So 30, 30 D- nursery EPS, schools? W- all of that and the, the sad part is that you need to fill those forms up and then also you don't get to choose because it's a lucky draw at the end of the day. If your kid gets into DPS, you're happy because possibly you were lucky enough to be living near DPS. Mm. It's as simple as that because the majority of the points are based on the the distance or if your sibling is there. It's it's not rational, I would Mm. say. Uh, But I think they they need to put some of the other criteria. Uh, They can't have a pure play lucky draw So, they have put a condition earlier. It was that they were interviewing parents. They were uh, taking... uh, let's say, the parent education into uh, the consideration, mm-hmm. which also is not that fair because all the parents will be different, right? Some some might be managing a business, some might be working as sure. a government official or so. So I think take whatever parameter, I think for a nursery admission, every parameter will be treated as, I mean, in my view, irrational. rational. <laughs> <laughs> God, that kind of competition for a
0: nursery admission. I was, I was shocked when I watched the movie Um, But I did not
1: know there was... Yeah. Reality to it, so that that's that's precisely why we sort of started off with get admissions, but then we realized that nursery, uh, the schools don't want to come onto one page, uh, the colleges also do don't, don't want to come to one page. I don't know what was it the the personal feeling that me and my partner got was that one, I think there is some sort of sense of I would say black money prevailing as well because many of the forms that you fill up don't even get into the, the bank accounts. Uh, That we realized with one of the kind. I'm not generalizing it. It might be very, very specific to one or the couple of uh, schools that we approached or the colleges that we approached. But majorly, everybody wants the students uh, to be in the colleges rather than applying. So, they were happy to pay us some amount if we get a student to that college Mm -hmm. rather than a fee on a per application basis. So... Then we realize it's it's not an ideal state for us to morally. Uh, uh, that was very creative.
0: Why did we not take it?
1: I, I mean, we we didn't want to work as an education consultant per se because the consultant job is to give options which suits uh, best for you as an individual, right? Because I'm consulting you. Unfortunately, in today's era, what's happening is. Uh,
0: because you're getting
1: commission from the entity that you are getting into, mm-hmm. there is a bias that hey, uh, if X college is giving me mm-hmm. one lakh of rupees versus a Y which is giving fifty fifty thousand, I would push X mm-hmm. rather than Y, and then I'm not providing that consulting. I'm just working as an uh, education as a broker, agent. As a salesman, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so that we didn't want to do because we, we thought that it's. Education is noble and we don't want to dirty our hands. I mean, we, we believe that we were dirty. I'm not saying that everybody thinks that way or if, if anybody who is getting into that is not ethical or not moral or so, it says that we didn't think it's in the best interest of us.
0: Then let, let's rewind a little because I thought, because I've personally struggled through um, looking for which event is happening throughout mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. Um, It used to be usually piled up in a rack next to the HOD's cabin Mm. where she used to have these letters that would come in from other colleges or the brochures and pamphlets. And that's how I would or it would be like uh, once you start festing, you'd make a circle of friends who would be your um, informers. but. Did you face a situation similar to this?
1: So actually, that's the situation what I faced and that's why the day to compete idea came into the picture. So two to three months into the MBA, I was interested in uh, participating in competitions and we realized that the competition information is not reaching us. And when they reached us, it was only a a day to make a submission or so, which is not feasible for us to do along with studies. And then I thought that uh, let's try and solve this problem because... That was the time when everybody was going digital. I thought sort of sending emails or posters for organizers is not the best thing to do. And that's why we, I started off with the sort of a blog and informatory where I was. An, an informatory. Informatory. So initially it wasn't a platform per se from the products part of you let's say no online courses no hackathons and all it was just an intermediary where uh, people can list competition and the other people can read about it and go to their website and apply so it was uh, i would say an advanced version of a blog so i was uh, so you would be like all
0: the, the information. information collector
1: and sort of yes, mm-hmm. and slowly and steadily people realize that hey let's push the information and also then few colleges started pushing their own information on that blog they started approaching me and that's how i sort of thought that let's now create a platform this was an individual
0: pursuit so far
1: yeah it, it, it has been an individual person yeah. So just start a second month into MBA. I I would say the second or the third month was when I identified that this is a gray area which I can get into. Maybe fourth or the fifth month into the MBA, I would say that I thought that let us let me jump into it because I think the good part was that uh, you don't need lacks or crores to get into a Mm creative website and sort of approach. At that point in time, I think it was maybe 10 to 20,000 with the help of one of my friends. I created sort of a website and then it was basically the human uh, effort. Mm -hmm. It's a a notional cost. So we we don't pay heed to the amount of work that we're doing. Very frankly, we say that it's a zero cost. But... Uh, nonetheless, it's it's a, it's a notional cost. So, I, I'll tell you what. So, I opted out of my summers, mm-hmm. right? In summers, I would have earned something, correct? Right? Yeah. And I was sort of spending... A significant income. Yeah. And, and I was, I was spending on my, let's say, venture, maybe 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, whatever that amount is, right? So, let's say if, I'm, if I would have earned 50,000, I'm spending 30,000, right? So, the notional thing that tells me is that 80,000 have gone out of my pocket. Not that. Those it's more like the trade-off are. Off that you learn. Yeah, period. I mean, I mean, what I say is that every entrepreneur makes some makes this mistake of telling that hey, we started off with zero money or zero investments, but the I think the reality is that none of us consider the notional loss that we have, the opportunity the opportunity cost, cost, yeah, that we that we do, and that's that's a that's a major cost that we. Hold. Tell me
0: about where you were when you first saw the impact that this blogger info directory was creating
1: it was when i, I started reaching out to uh, i think all the six iams uh, that was my head thing because if i could convert the IMs i'll be able to convert the other b schools mm-hmm. that's how the, the trigger happens i was able to convert three of them in a, in a matter of about three to four weeks so i was lucky enough to do that and then i thought that if i'm able to convert them then i think i have idea in place so there is a problem to be solved
0: by converting, you
1: mean getting them to list their events? Yeah. So, it, it wasn't paid but it, it's basically sort of a partnership about a system in terms of they promote me in terms of as an online hosting partner. And uh, I list them so that they feel that I'm sort of promoting them into other b-schools or into the user market that I was trying to build. At that point in time, nothing existed. So, uh, even uh, let's say they reaching out to maybe 10,000 or 15,000 guys in one shot was massive. Now, even if they basically reach out to 50,000 guys in one shot, nobody will pay because uh, there are multiple ways to get there. So, you were sort of a sponsor without really paying for it, and you created this bar? I mean, as I, I Dare to Compete, we have never paid for any event that we have tied up with. We have actually taken money. If you're taking money for event promotions, why should we pay? <laughs> 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 but That's now, uh, Anki. it has been what, yeah. 10 years
0: now? Yeah. I think this is your 10th year.
1: I would say, very frankly, on and off. Uh, uh, on and off. So, earlier it was part-time. I personally believe that Dare to Compete only grew in the last three and a half years when I went full-time into it and when the team was created. So I still believe that the foundation was laid out about nine years back, but the real growth only happened in the last three years. You remind me of the China bamboo tree
0: story, mm-hmm. which, which, which is pretty common, but I'm amazed to see it in reality. Mm-hmm. Let, let's go back to the point where you're trying to lay, a, lay the foundation. So now that you got all the IAMs on board, what did you do next? So, students can so, get an idea. So, so,
1: then I think there were two trigger points for mm-hmm. Dare to Compete, okay? One was that when everybody was doing competitions, they had a, pre- I mean, everybody wanted to have a preliminary round mm-hmm. to shortlist students from, let's say, 1,000 to 100. And they were doing PDF quizzes or so. So, then the platform actually came into the picture wherein the online quizzing bit was created on Dare to Compete so that not only the listing, they mm-hmm can open up registrations and they can uh, do online quizzing on uh, day to compete itself rather than pdf so it's more stickiness more time spent by every person or uh, more services that i can sell Hmm. one that actually so that gave us a growth of close to i think if i remember about seven eight so the the, the the base was less so when when we got i think five partners in the first year we grew to about 35 to 40 partners in the next year itself By partners you mean colleges colleges right? yes so who, who who partnered with us exclusive so not to any other uh, platform as such mm-hmm. only because we were offering that the online quizzing, the listing, the marketing and the registrations. At that point in time, we thought that it needs to be exclusive or it needs to be a paid engagement because I started thinking of making some bits of revenue because eventually if you want to grow, if the, the costs are growing, then you also need to think through. The actual growth that started happening was for day to Compete was when we opened up registrations along with listings free of cost. So we said that, mm-hmm. hey, You don't have to be our exclusive partner. Just list and open up registrations free. of course. We'll only charge you for the online course. That point in time, we converted, I think, three to four corporate clients. We were making revenues. Mm -hmm. And then I thought that, hey, the student base needs to be the ecosystem and the revenue should come from corporates. The revenue can only come from corporates. If I have a strong user community and the user community will only come into the picture if I start offering services at a cost that they are willing to pay plus based on the competition as well. So if they if they don't open registrations on me, student community is happy to open registration on a Google form. So I was competing with Google directly. I mean, that was my thought process. Yeah. So then if I want to compete with Google, one, my product needs to be superior. And the second is that Google doesn't charge you. So I can't charge you. <laughs> Give me this clarity
0: because you've created a business model around something which doesn't exist so you how did you create the business model do you have some mentors supporting you it's it's
1: pivoting I mean very frankly I I didn't have a clear business model on day one I I even didn't have a clear business model very frankly I mean if you would have asked me this question about five years back four years back I didn't have that it's only in last three and a half years where we have evolved ourselves from the business model point of view as to where the money lies uh, how did you get that insight so The insight was when our partners, our corporates started approaching us in terms of, hey, we like this service, but this is what we are doing. And it was a conversation that we Mm. were having. So, hey, I want to do this big property. I don't know where to start and all. Do you think you can help us? And then we started thinking through in terms of that, hey, there is an employer branding stuff that people are now realizing that they need to do in campuses. And this is the new industry that yeah. we are forming, and then let let us be those employer branding consultants. Let us pitch the brand of Reliance, the Aditya Birla Group, the HUL, and all on mm-hmm. campuses to get there the student mindset to them then we realize that to do that there are multiple services that we'll have to offer there are multiple uh, areas that we'll have to go into and there to compete will expand into the services zone as well apart from being just the online platform mm-hmm. now there are disadvantages that come into the picture as well so if these are services the services model generally so to say from the venture capitalist point of view is not scalable because it's dependent on the human mind the platform or the product is more scalable because if you create it they can actually do it on their own so right now we are at a stage where we are trying to work and combine product and service together Mm. so that we leverage both so a week or so back we met about three weeks back i was sure. telling you we are launching something right so this monday we launched uh, digitizing campus recruitments mm. on monday itself so that's a product that's completely a product but then that product can only be sold if i can pitch a service that hey we can push your employer brand on campus so that product is now getting sold to all the clients that I'm currently doing business with Mm -hmm. and I've been providing them service because they are appreciating it. And within a matter of, let's say, uh, seven weeks, I think I already have 10 demos lined up. So this is like a beautiful upsell that you've got. Yes. Our thought process is that if, let's say, company a is spending one crore of rupees on uh, the employer branding perspective, we are getting only one lakh or 10 lakhs, where are the that other is... ninety going? Let's get the uh, the other ninety.
0: Damn. So he's been leaving money on the table. <laughs> yeah,
1: so now I want to capture it. Capture
0: it. Um, let Let me ask you something. You You have a board of advisors. So is it like a board of
1: directors? To be, or is it more like? I think mentors. Frankly, none. I mean, that was just a gimmick. Very funny. a gimmick. Yeah. So. I would say early in the first couple of years or so, uh, we reached out to these guys. They were happy to be on the board of advisors, but nothing happened after that. So it's just that... Was it a to way to name. gain quick credibility? To I agency? thought so, but it didn't give us any credibility. Hmm. So it's 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 just that I have those names on the website, but I don't gain... Were there any... Uh, loopholes or
0: blind spots that you did not notice initially which you only figured out later
1: i I would say there would have been many i can't recall right now. any fun one but you're like oh shit we didn't think about that i would say that what happened to us and i won't go into the specifics we were providing services let's say in three zones right we were only focusing on two zones and we ignored the third zone because there were competitors that were coming into the two zones we were just tackling them okay and that's tactical not strategic mm-hmm. in the third zone where we could have made an impression because we're focusing on the first two zones in a year or so We got a competitor And the zone 3 as well So now the revenue Is getting split Between us and that competitor Could you give What 3 zones you talk about? So the zones for us Is let's say Online quizzing The online hackathon sure. The content marketing the recruitment so there are multiple zones that we are working with and end-to-end execution of campus engagements, sort of so we basically started off with one zone which is campus engagements we were fighting with a couple of other guys we made good inroads but then as a startup what happens is especially when you're not funding you're focusing on certain things and you ignore the others when you ignore the others you don't realize that if you're not focusing on them And right now, if there are no competitors, you might be creating new competitors because if you have identified that as a zone, that means that there is a business model to it. Otherwise, that's not a zone altogether in your consideration set. Right. So how do you decide?
0: Because when somebody is starting out, there are so many zones
1: and opportunities or possibilities. How does one... Take a decision. So, I'll tell you in my case what happened was that I was chasing the zones where I could see competitors and I could see that definitely this zone has money to be made because there are competitors who are making money. It's as simple as that, right? So, in terms of let's say if I have four zones, I know these two zones may or may not make money. Sounds good. But these two zones, I I already have another one or two companies that are making money. Let me jump into this and let me attract it. But by the time in those two zones, which I ignored, now the other guys are getting into it and that may or may not has changed to a definite, yes, that there is a business model on that zone. I think it's, it's, it's a very gray area. I mean, I don't have any uh, concrete answer to it because it basically depends on the kind of zones that you're working with, the timelines you're working with, whether your industry is ready or whether the industry is ready for you or not. Mm-hmm. I think the basic thing that played in Dare to Compete's role was that earlier the industry wasn't ready for the campus engagement or the employer branding exposure. But I think in last only three to four years, I've seen that change and this industry is growing.
0: I'm reminded of the first time you made a sales
1: call. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, uh, that's a disaster. Trust me, I mean... <laughs> Thirty seconds. Make a point.
0: That that's what that was the response you got.
1: This was Coca Cola, you know, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I still can't ever forget. Okay, that's the first call. And I mean, yeah, movies me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> thirty seconds. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, that 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 was that was cool. That was cool. And no, next, now it's cool. <laughs> the next call I was expecting the same thing and it, it didn't happen. And it, it didn't happen till date. Are you serious? Yeah yeah. Nobody has uh, given me a timeline that you only have five minutes or thirty seconds. I think they realize that. <laughs> they need to basically spend some time to understand as to what we have to offer and all so now now i think we don't have to call it's it's a pull base so they reach out to us and then we convert so earlier as well there was very very less cold calling but now it's zero i I don't make any cold calls It's it's a pull factor which is good for business but at the same point in time it makes me feel that we are not doing sales because sales is basically an outreach rather than a conversion so a conversion so 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 sales I would say a salesman is a person who reaches out to new clients to ensure that your services are heard and you get newer businesses so it's an outreach sales and marketing right what we are doing is just a small part of sales which is basically the leads leads that Mm you're getting we are sort of converting it. So we are getting auto leads. The sales is a process where we create those leads. So I'm just saying that we are not doing 100% sales. We are possibly doing 50% sales only because our brand right now is stronger in the area that we are operating. You interact with so many
0: students across the country. What do you think they're not focusing on when it comes to startups and entrepreneurship
1: i think it's it's just lack of exposure or it's too much exposure either ways you are not gaining or you're not moving in the right direction I, i'll i explain it so lack of exposure is that you don't know what you don't know okay You are not aware of the different opportunities that exist. You don't know what's best suited for you. And I'm not saying that it will happen on day one. But I've seen students not even making efforts to know more things, to know more opportunities, to explore more opportunities. So that's one element. Okay. The the second thing is sometimes you just think through couple of stories that you've heard about and you only think through them. Mm -hmm. So let's say if you only think through, hey, Bansals were able to create Flipkart, Maitra and all, I'm a Bansal let me create something of my own or so i mean that 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 mindset i mean this is I, I think this is a very very bad example i would say that the possibilities are let's say if you are able to convert one of the premier b schools right you get into that mindset hey i'm the best
0: mm, you have okay. this
1: horn on right yeah. so that that i am the best and no matter what i'll be able to get to where i want to so even if i Start with a not so good idea because I'm from this is this college and be able to raise funds. I, I've seen those people and I I think they need to be toned down a bit so that they get to I mean reality check per se and uh, too much exposure in terms of reaching out to students or reaching out to campuses or uh, reaching out to new opportunities what they what they only focus on is that that 20% that was successful they they forget the rest 80% which were in the gray areas which could have been successful which may not be successful but they only focus on that 20% that's
0: more it they are looking at the freak shows or the, one of the one Possibly, odd cases.
1: Yeah. One, one odd cases and then they have that mind share that I can, this this I can do it this I can do it But there's nothing wrong in that. I mean, sometimes I also feel that. I'm not very, very different from these guys, but I feel that sometimes, not always. If you feel it always, then it's a problem. Then, you, then you're buying your own bullshit.
0: Yeah. Um, to put it bluntly. But one reason why I've got Ankit on the show is because oh. I've seen him impact dare to compete has made personally in my life and in so many other people's lives i i can tell you of stories where including me <laughs> we've only fested using all the listings made a little capital got the right feedback and have started off on our own how do you feel when you hear success stories like these and the impact
1: that you created? i mean i feel proud very so, exactly. in terms the of Pair to Compete has been able to uh, impact lives of uh, certain uh, uh, people. I mean, we we have stories of other companies making those impacts uh, at different levels, at different scales. So, if we are able, even able to, let's say, get that impact uh, at a scale where we are impacting about 10 kids or... Twenty kids, not directly, but indirectly, uh, gaining sure. from our services, and uh, we are we are helping them uh, create uh, new business models. So, I mean, it it ma- it makes me proud. I'm super grateful for that. To you. Any ways in which the
0: listeners can reach out to you?
1: My email ID is ankitdare at DareToCompete.com. If you have any questions or so, I'm happy to sort of answer you. You can I'm, I'm, I'm pretty responsive to the emails. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Puneet, for getting me on this podcast. I hope I was a value add to your users. Thank, thank you, so you Ankit.
0: On that note, go check out DareToCompete.com if you still haven't. And yes, go make some galata.